everybody! Welcome to the Good Evening Kitties podcast, a Tales from the Crypt review. My name is Melissa, your ghostess with the mostess, and today's episode is Season 6, Episode 5, Revenge is the Nuts. As always, John Kassir does the voice of the Crypt Keeper, and Danny Elfman does the theme song. This episode aired November 16th, 1994. It was directed by Jonas McCord, who also directed movies like The Body. Screenplay by Shel Willens. It stars Anthony Zerb from movies like The Matrix Reloaded and The Omega Man, Terry Polo from movies like Meet the Parents and TV's The Fosters, John Savage from movies like The Deer Hunter, Vivi Besh from movies like Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan, and Isaac Hayes from movies like Escape from New York, and he also does the voice of Chef on the TV show South Park. I'm going to go ahead here and read the information on the back of the box for Season 6, Episode 5, Revenge is the Nuts. Residents at a shelter for the blind turn the tables on their cruel overseer. Maybe justice is blind. So this is basically a, a different, slightly different alteration to the 1972 Tales from the Crypt vignette that's about the home for the blind and they take revenge on a man who is treating them poorly by setting up a maze with razor blades and he gets eaten by a dog. So this is just a slightly different alter alteration of it. I'll go ahead and just read the IMDb trivia on this real quick because it does go into it a little bit. Which 1972's Tales from the Crypt is very good. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. I also did a review a couple years back if you want to check that out too. But yeah, it's, it's a fun anthology movie. So this episode is given the name of an entirely different story than displayed. Revenge is the Nuts is a story featured in the EC comic Vault of Horror issue number 20 and deals with abused inmates at an asylum whom, whom exact revenge via feeding their abuser to a monstrous inmate who rips them apart. That sounds a bit intense. That could be a fun comic. So this time they switch it. So it's now they switch it to a dog. Though this episode uses this title, it is actually an adaptation of an entirely different story called Blind Alleys from the EC comic Tales from the Crypt issue number 46 about abused blind patients who exact their revenge using a razor blade hallway and a hungry dog. So it's kind of similar things. So they use the same name from the monstrous inmate who eats the person but it's actually a play on the Tales from the Crypt issue number 46. The stories are slightly similar with different gruesome circumstances of their endings. This episode is not Revenge of the Nuts, even though it is titled as such. It bears none of the details of that story and all the details down to the exact ending of Blind Alleys. But again, that story is also used as a vignette in the 1972 Tales from the Crypt movie. So yeah, that's some IMDb trivia about all that. They kind of summed it up a little better than I would or whoever wrote this would, I guess. So it's a tale of revenge. And this is one where the guy, the bad guy definitely gets what he's deserving his comeuppance in a way. Like he's just a terrible person. He's even worse in this than he is in the movie. So let's get into it. So this episode, season six, episode five, Revenge is the Nuts, opens up to the Crypt Keeper and he is pretending to be a mime. And it made me kind of laugh out loud because I was like, like the Crypt Keeper could be quiet. He can be quiet enough to be a mime. Like, he's doing okay in the beginning for, like, 10 seconds where he's miming things. And then he starts talking. And I'm like, yeah, he can't be quiet. But he's got, like, a little hat, a little, like, top hat and the black and white stripes with, like, white suspenders and white gloves. And he's bringing in the episode. So this episode opens on a really dark scene. The shots in this episode are pretty fun because they're, like, so dark and cold and... 
dirty like it's just like this old building it's all shot in this building and it kind of reminds me of like the house a little bit of I think season two episode 16 television terror it's kind of like a bit run down and things like that you never really see the outside of the building much I don't think everyone's blind in here and it's while I like this episode it's very unlikely that the state or anyone would let them stay in this place that's so bad like it's very detrimental to their health now, I'm not saying this stuff didn't happen in, like, mental asylums and things like that in the past and th things brought to light about being mistreated, but this is just crazy. Um, so these people are blind, right? They can't see or can't see very well, and it's dark because electricity costs money, so why even have lights on? They can't see light, which is not necessarily always true in a blind person's case. Sometimes they can see shadows and things like that, but it's dark. The floor is, like, uneven. The walls are like kind of busted. No one has anything to really help them walk along. You have to like shuffle. I mean, he has like a, not even a cane. So Isaac Hayes' character is coming along here. He plays Samuel. And Samuel has a golf club that he's using as a cane to hit the side of the wall so he can find the bathroom. And he gets to the bathroom and it's bricked up. Like the guy bricked it up the door. And Isaac Hayes, Samuel is like, oh, he bricked up the bathroom again. I'm like, how many times is he breaking up this bathroom? <laughs> I feel like that would take some time. And then you got to bring it all down again. Like he's doing this just to, to stick it to these people. So Samuel's really mad. And there's a lot of colorful language in this episode. He's bricked up the goddamn bathroom again. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I hear you, Grunwald. You no-good, scum-sucking... Damn! You think you got me this time, do you? Don't panic, Samuel. I'm coming. And I'm going. Right in this goddamn office. In your pants, Sammy boy. In your eye! Shit for brains. The 710 split on the slide. Oh, shit! And then you hear uh, the owner of this building, Arnie Grunwald, played by Anthony Zerb. So Arnie, or Mr. Grunwald, is like, ha ha ha, I got you again. And then he takes marbles and throws them on the floor so that they can fall. There's like another woman standing there, uh, B.B. Besh or whatever, playing Armelia. And she's, you know, she's laughing at Samuel because the situation kind of, but then... He throws these marbles down Mr. Grunwald and I'm like, gosh, this is just so dangerous because I doubt he cleaned up any of those marbles either. He probably just left them there. And everyone's wearing sunglasses, so you know they're blind. You know, that's that's how this, this works. It's easier if you don't have to control your eyes or where you're looking, I guess, you know, for the shooting it. Or Mr. Grunwald's like, yeah, this is great. And there's a guy next to him who kind of does like the maintenance for the building or something or like has his helper. And his name is Benny, played by John Savage. He's real quiet. He gets smacked around by Mr. Grunwall and he just kind of like helps fix things and whatever. So there's that fun opening scene. And then it cuts to Terry Polo's character coming in and she's fun. I like her in this. She plays Sheila and she's supposed to be like, I don't know, like 20 or something, I guess. And maybe like a little younger because I think she might be like a ward of the state, maybe an orphan or something or um, like a foster kid or something. But she aged out, I guess, and got sent here for like six months or something. She did. I don't know. I don't even think it's something she did. She just, I think they just didn't have anywhere to put her. So she gets sent to this place. The way she's dressed, she's got um, like a, a backward beret thing. And then she's got like these, the dark sunglasses, but they're like little circles. And she's got this, you know, very 90s, like cute kind of like baby doll type dress over like tights or something with combat boots, you know, that kind of thing. 
and she's fun. I like her in this. And so she gets taken to Mr. Grunwald's office, and he's like, hey. You're here under my care because the county put you here. So for at least the next six months, you can consider yourself one of my subjects. Well, who the hell died made you king? In the land of the blind, even the one-eyed man is king. And Mr. Grunwald's probably like 50, 60. So he meets Sheila, and she's kind of like tough as nails, and he's just like kind of flirting with her, hitting on her in an appropriate way. This episode's pretty inappropriate in some of the things Mr. Grunwald says. Like, he's a horrible person. He doesn't even call them, like, patients or anything. He calls them his subjects because he's, like, the king or whatever, you know. Then he takes her to her room. He looks at the wall. Mr. Grunwald looks at the wall and he says, ooh, what do you think about her mother? I like her or whatever. His mother was blind and supposedly, I guess, he killed his mother. So I don't know if she stayed in this place and he took it over. Maybe she ran a place for the blind and he just ruined it. I don't know. I, I, I'm not quite sure, but he's just not a good man. He's got a picture of the woman he possibly, I think you find out later, he murdered. That is his mother on the wall. So Benny takes Sheila to her room because she can't see. And this place is horrifying. And he's got a little like headlamp on as he's steering her around in overalls. And she kind of makes this like pass at him, like just to get out of there, which it had to be terrifying too if you do get out of there and try to find where to go while you're blind. I'm sure someone would help you probably, but you know, she just wants to get out here. She knows this is bad. So she's kind of like hitting on him, but like not that seriously. He's like, I can't. Benny's like, I can't, Mr. Well, I mean, she does, she does uh, put her hand between his legs, I think. But he's like, Benny's like, no, I can't. Mr. Grunwell will send me back to the asylum. And she's like, what? Why are you there for? Or what were you there for? And this is like, I don't know, he was like having shock therapy tests and things. So he gets taken out of there. So you find out Benny is, he's got something to lose too. So Sheila gets introduced to everyone in this dark room with all these beds. And there's Samuel and there's Armelia. And then there's this, um, this other guy who's like missing half of his foot or like from the knee down. And they're all just staying in this freezing cold room. Which is similar to the one in the 1972 thing. A guy dies, I think, because it's so cold in that room. But it's really terrible conditions. And then there's even, like, a train that goes by that, like, kind of shakes the room. And there's, like, an old chandelier. It's, like, an old... This is just, like, an old house that they're just staying in. And the, oh, it's just really dilapidated looking. And Sheila's not going to stand for it. Samuel's like, it's, you know, this is just how we do. This is what you have to do. Everything's locked up. You can't leave. Uh, so the guy missing the leg, too, his name is Osgood, but he tried to escape, and that's how he lost part of his leg, and then she's, like, she's feeling his leg, and it's been missing, and he's also been, like, scratched on his face, and so it's basically, like, you can't ever escape. If you do, something bad will happen to you. So Sheila goes back to Mr. Grunwald's office, like, the next day to try to talk him into letting her leave or things like that, and he basically propositions her, like, very, fairly aggressively. So if I sleep with you, you'll let me go. Well... It's not quite that easy. I am really not that big on one-night stands. If you want to leave, we'll have to take it one day or night at a time. He's not really into one-night stands. He says he would rather this be an ongoing thing. And she's not buying it. She's like, ew, that's disgusting. Because even if she does sleep with him, he's not going to let her go. The guy playing um, Anthony Zerb is very good at like this whole, like, just this guy that can do whatever he wants. He doesn't care. Life is good for him. His office is nice and lit up. He's got like a fireplace. Like everything for him is beautiful. Everything else is horrifying looking outside in the hallways. And so Mr. Grummo like tries to kiss her. She spits at him. And then he has Benny take her back to the room. And now find out Sheila, why she was in there talking to him. She stole like a teeny tiny Swiss army knife from him or from the office or wherever he was at the lounge. 
And so she's like, ha ha, we're going to get out. And so they're like, yeah, we're going to get out. And so that night or whatever, they like pick the lock because they get locked into this room with like a big key. And so it's like the four of them and they're all in their, their sunglasses and it's dark and it's like, you know, like a blue light on everything. And they're all huddled together. You got like Armelia, Osgood, Samuel, and Sheila, and they're trying to sneak out of there. And I think they're trying to like sneak in the office to get the keys or something. Somehow, I don't know, I don't know how they're planning, how they think they're going to get out, but they go to sneak in the office and this Rottweiler comes jumping out at them, barking. And that's when Mr. Grunwald's sitting there eating a nice meal. Like he's got like cheese and stuff on crackers and wine. And it's nice and warm where he's at when they're freezing. He's like, hey, yeah, that's Bruno. Ah, Sheila. I'd like to introduce you to Bruno. He'll be handling security here from now on. It's only fair to warn you he hasn't eaten for two days. And he's particularly fond of fresh meat. My Rottweiler, he's here to kind of keep an eye on everything. And apparently he's had Bruno for a little while. That is how Osgood lost his foot from the knee down or whatever, his foot. Uh, he ended up feeding it to Bruno because he doesn't feed this dog that much for some reason because he likes him to be bloodthirsty, which that's real risky, uh, especially when you're sitting there with like food and stuff like the dog wouldn't get, I don't know. The dog wouldn't get into it, I guess. Maybe he's very well trained. So you got Bruno the Rottweiler, right? And they get caught. They have to go back to their rooms. And now is when they start getting, because they tried to sneak out and he caught them, they start getting their rations cut. It's not that much food. They got to share it. I think some of it's just like a Twinkie, <laughs> things like that. Uh, Benny's bringing them their food. He won't give them any more blankets. It's really cold. And Benny tells them that there's a new offer. He won't let Sheila leave, but if she sleeps with him, he will turn the heat back up. He'll uh, increase the rations, things like that. And it's like, that's so skeezy. And she's like, okay, well, I'll do it for these people. And they're like, well, now, how long could it possibly take? <laughs> Don't be ridiculous, girl. We can't let you do that. <laughs> well, it's not like I've got to look at him. <laughs> we ain't that cold nor hungry. Not yet. It's kind of sweet. They're all like, no, honey, we're not at that point yet. You don't need to do this. And they're all like wrapped up in blankets and you can see their breath and stuff. But they kind of come up with this like plan. You're not quite sure what it is, but she's like, fine, I'll go do this. So she goes back to his office like that night and they're drinking champagne or whatever. And Bruno, the Rottweiler, is watching them. And she's kind of acting like she's into it. She doesn't have her glasses on anymore. She's got her hair down. She's like, you know what? Let's do this. I will sleep with you. And she sits back on the desk and he's got like a robe on. He's just being gross and he's starting to like undress her and quoting Shakespeare to her, which I'm like, oh, that's a total mood killer. Don't do that. And so then he starts to like go to kiss her neck and that's when she kicks him. She kicks him in the stomach or actually I guess she kicks him in the crotch, which is probably why it's called Revenge is the Nuts. I mean, I know it's from the other comic, but still. And she has like the fire poker from the fire set, the fireplace set over there and she hits him with it and she can't see, right? So she's trying to get out. She's confused. She's upset. She hit him. The dog is barking. I think he's tied up so he can't really get to her. She goes to leave. When she turns around to leave, Mr. Grunwald's there. And just when he's about to like do something, Benny comes up from behind and hits him with like a wrench or whatever. And he goes down. So Mr. Grunwald goes down and then he wakes up in this room where it's cold and he's cold and alone. And it's kind of similar to how the other people probably feel. And he's, he's mad. They're leaving him in this room for a couple days, I think, and not like feeding him. And you can hear noises going around. And this is, you know, similar. It's like the other episode or the other 
vignette thing. They're building a long hallway. They're very, very good at building, which I'm sure Benny helped a lot too. But in the in the 1972 one, I think it was all blind men who built this. And they build everything and it's this hallway and then they finally let him out. And he's pissed. Swearing all over the place. Just like, oh, son of a bitch or whatever. And you know, he's real mad and he comes out and he's starting to walk along everything. There's this hallway. Like he's like, oh, this was not here before. And he's feeling along this hallway because it's dark. It's almost like he's blind. And this hallway that they built is like even smaller. So it's like this plywood stuff and the other door opens on the other end too. And it's kind of a long scene. And as he goes, he touches the wall and he gets cut by this razor blade and there's like all this blood. And that's when like the light kicks on above him and you can see it's just this wall full of little razor blades, which is kind of fun. There's this fun scene where everyone gets to like just yell at him and take like this piece out of him, especially Benny. And like when he's in the hallway too, the train goes by and he's trying not to get hit by the razor blade or burnt by the lamp. He's so mad and then Benny comes to the door and he gets to have his, the conversation he's wanted to have with Mr. Grunwald this whole time. Mr. Grunwald and Benny are brothers, which I kind of guessed. Uh, I had a feeling the way they were acting. He had Benny sent away just to get him out of his hair because supposedly he, ki he killed his mother and I guess maybe Benny was getting in the way. So he sent him to this mental institution and he would get shock treatment, I guess, and stuff. And then I guess maybe he needed help with these people. So he brought him back out under this condition that he could stay here, you know, but like Benny's had enough. So him and these the blind patients are getting their revenge. He comes into the dog and he's like, oh, Benny's like, oh, good girl and everything. And I was like, well, I thought this was a boy dog. His name was Bruno. But I mean, maybe it's a girl dog. Part of me is like, it could have been a slip of the tongue in the script. It could also be that Mr. Grunwald just didn't give a crap if it was a girl or a boy named a Bruno because he wanted a Rottweiler named Bruno. Or it just doesn't matter. Who cares? It's a girl dog named Bruno. Who cares? So what? Who cares? I just thought it was kind of interesting to, to mention. So he's like, cool, good girl, thank you. You know, whatever. She's sitting there next to him. Sit. Good girl. Oh, hello there, Arnie. I, we can't find the food anywhere. Bruno's awfully hungry. Now listen to me, you little piss ant. You haven't got the guts. That's okay, because we do. I'm your own flesh and blood, for God's sake. So was Mama. But you killed her anyway. It was an accident. She tripped on the goddamn marble. <laughs> I may be a little crazy, Arnie, but not stupid. But what are you going to do when they call for Mr. Grunwald, huh? What are you going to do then? Oh, I'm Mr. Grunwald. <laughs> In your eye, shit for brains. Say good night, Grunwald. And then everyone else shows up around Benny, and then they release the dog. And he tries to run back through the hallways, knocking the razor blades off. They turn the lights off in the hallway as he's trying to escape. And you see Mr. Grunwald's face and he's like, shit, or whatever. And the dog's coming at him. And so the dog eats him. And that's the end of the episode. They get the revenge. It cuts back to the Crypt Keeper. He is now working uh, at like a carnival or something, serving hot dogs. His outfits are fun. <laughs> Crypt Keeper, you're so punny. And the best Crypt Keeper pun is... That Grunwald... One little problem and he goes right to pieces. At least now we know what's really eating him. 
get it pieces eating him. Oh, Crypt Keeper. You're so fun. So that's the end of season six, episode five, Revenge is the Nuts. The next episode is season six, episode six, The Bribe. So yeah, thank you so much for downloading and listening to this episode. Please leave a five-star review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Facebook, Podcast Republic, all that, and I will read it on the podcast. Also, if you want to contact me with any questions or comments, you can do that at goodeveningpod at gmail.com. There's also a Twitter page you can follow at G-E-K Podcast. That's at Gek Podcast. There's the Facebook page you can follow. You can even follow Gus, the podcat. I'm at my desk and he's at the futon sleeping because he likes to be in here when I record or he loses his mind. So you can follow him on Instagram at a sweet cat named Gus if you want to check out his indoor cat adventures and all that. And yeah, again, thank you all so much for downloading and for your support and everything and have a good one. Bye. Just had quite a scare. I actually thought my.